The two top senators on the Armed Services Committee say the troop surge is working, but they still have major concerns about the political situation in Iraq. And we'll ask an award-winning journalist what's behind the rise of Barack Obama. Could he be the first black president? This is Jerry Johnson Live from Crystal College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian Worldview for Christ and Culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. Many people who pray are the ones who want to go to war, who want to kill fellow human beings. That disturbs me. I think what we need is more love. All right, that's former Senator Mike Gravel of Alaska. In a debate on ABC's This Week, a presidential debate, he says the people who are praying are the ones who want to go to war, who want to kill. Now, all these presidential candidates, the Democrats, were asked about the role of faith, the role of religion, the role of prayer. They were asked that about the natural disasters, the bridge that collapsed, the mine accidents, but also uh, about war. And all he could say is, Penna, the people who are praying are the ones who want to go to war and the ones that want to kill. We're going to talk about that today. Here's Hillary Clinton and her answer. I don't pretend to understand um, the wisdom and the power of God. I do believe in prayer, and I have relied on prayer uh, consistently throughout my life. Now, it's very interesting. Some of these candidates are going to say, we're going to listen to the tape later, that prayer cannot stop a hurricane or an earthquake, that God is not involved in control of hurricanes and earthquakes, natural disasters, and others are going to say, well, prayer is really just affects us. We're going to open that up today. We're going to have a debate about that today. We're going to ask callers to join in and talk about it later in the program. It's going to be very interesting, but I just think we need more love, Dr. Johnson. You know, also, <laughs> there are two senators um, on the Armed Services Committee, the chairman and the ranking member. They just returned from Iraq. Of course, it's sort of a bipartisan trip over there. They both praise the military progress. They say the surge is working. But they also say something has got to be done about the government there. We're going to discuss this with U.S. Army Captain Robert McGovern. All right, and Captain McGovern is on the line right now. He's written the book, Why I Believe in Football, God, and the War in Iraq. Captain McGovern, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much for having me back. All right, we have got Senator Levin, Senator Warner, just returning to Iraq. And they've said we're making some progress. Now, I want you to listen, actually, to two 
other senators and what they have to say about the war in Iraq. Here's Hillary Clinton. We need to bring our combat troops home from Iraq starting right now. I would not wait. I would begin to get them out of the multi-sided sectarian civil war that they are part of. All right, so Hillary Clinton saying we need to bring the troops home now. Here's Senator Harry Reid. This war is lost. All right, Senator Reid saying the war is lost. So Clinton and Reid saying let's bring the troops home. The war is lost. But now Senator Levin, Senator Warner saying the surge is working. Captain McGovern, what's your view? Well, it's, uh, it's what I've been saying in my book and trying to say to anybody who listened to me is that uh, not only should we win this war, we can win this war. And I think we got the right person in charge now for sure, General Petraeus, and the plan that I think all the experts agree is, is a good plan is being implemented, and it's really right in the middle of its implication here, and it's doing well, and we're seeing the results that he had said we would probably see. So uh, it, it just seems to me to be absolutely uh, crazy to even be talking about uh, withdrawal at this point. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, the, the old phrase, let's snatch defeat from the jaws of victory comes to mind. I know it's presidential politics, and I'm not per- certainly going to get involved in that, but, uh, but I, do, I am concerned when I hear, we're, hear uh, people saying that we've lost the war. I always say the same thing. I'd like to see anyone who feels that way go over to Iraq and stand in front of a battalion of the 82nd Airborne Division and tell them that they've lost <laughs> this war. Captain McGovern, uh, we hear we, you know, we're doing better, the surge is working, et cetera, et cetera. The military situation is getting better. Uh, we're reducing the influence of al-Qaeda. But then there's this caveat, which is the political situation is horrible. The government there is not doing its job. It might even need to be changed. What about that? Well, I do agree with the, the uh, understanding. I think the weakest link in the chain right now is the political reconciliation. Now, I they are trying to, uh, to, to reconcile uh, disparate groups in a very, very short period of time. And all the while, they're being attacked. I, I think one of the, the uh, signatures of the more recent attacks is they look more targeted to me. You, you see a lot more attempts at assassination, you know, with the, with the bomb exploding in the parliament itself, and then to recently a, a southern uh, Iraqi leader being assassinated. Uh, you know, you can see that al-Qaeda, in my opinion, being the the central destabilizing figure in this conflict is now starting to target the leadership in an effort to to dissolve or break apart any political alliance that occurs. So I really do think they're trying. I think every, the main parties are still at the table, which is the best sign. Uh, and they're doing it under very extreme circumstances. It's the last piece. It's the hardest piece. But I think with recent history as our, our guide, Things that, that people said couldn't have been done on the battlefield a few months ago are starting to happen, so we shouldn't give up on the political process so quickly either. Uh, let me ask you, Captain McGovern, to listen to uh, Dennis Kucinich. He's running for Congress because your book is titled uh, Why I Believe in Football, God, and the War in Iraq. A lot of people might be surprised to see those themes together. Here's Congressman Kucinich. You cannot expect a new direction with the same kind of thinking that took us into war in the first place. We cannot leave more troops there. We cannot privatize Iraq's oil. We cannot partition that country and expect there's going to be peace. Well, he also said that his philosophy was rooted in the Bible, and that would be a philosophy of peace if we really were following the Bible. And here's my question to you. Uh, as a person who supporting the war effort in Iraq, 
But you also say, why I believe in football and God. Can you reconcile your belief in God and your belief in war or the concept of just war? Talk about that for a moment. Well, I would just say, and I, I obviously I, as a soldier, I think I, I feel the same way most soldiers do, is we hate war. We don't want to go to war. We see the destruction and the, and the, and the devastation that comes with war. But by the same token, you know, I think we also believe that, it, you know, when the only thing for, necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And, and that's the situation we find ourselves in many of the wars we've fought in the past and in this particular war, that, that we can't. We learn the lesson of 9-11, which is we can't just wait till it comes to our shores. Sometimes we have to take the fight to the enemy in order to protect lives, to save lives. Yes, death will come as a result of war, but it doesn't mean it won't come if we don't. If we sit back, we saw that and learned that lesson on 9-11. And I think that's how I, as a lot of soldiers, uh, can, can come to understand that, that you can be a, a man who believes in God, but also uh, be a soldier. Captain Robert McGovern has written the book, Why I Believe in Football, God, and the War in Iraq. Thank you for being with us. We hope to have you back again. Thank you, guys. Anytime. Love to do it. All right, folks, the big debate, it was the Democrat debate, the most recent of those who are running for the presidency. And you say, well, I'm not interested maybe in the presidential politics this early. But actually, they were asked a question, a common question across the board that really every Christian should be thinking about. Every believer has thought about this question, and that is this. Can prayer change things? That is, when we pray... Might God actually change the course of history because of our prayer, as a response to our prayer? Might God do a miracle, change the weather, change the outcome in a war, protect us when otherwise we would not be protected? Can prayer actually cause God to react in such a way that things will happen or will not happen that would have happened or would not have happened? The Democrat candidates were asked about the role of prayer when it comes to natural disasters, the war, bridge collapses, and the answers were very interesting. Now, I want you to listen to these answers. We're going to talk about the problem of evil. We're going to talk about the power of prayer. The number is 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. Let's get those lines going. You call in. Let's react to these comments. Here's John Edwards on ABC's This Week, he was asked about the power of prayer. He was asked about the trials in his family, his wife's cancer, the death of their son. I think it is enormously important to look to God, and in my case, Christ, for, uh, for guidance and for wisdom. But I don't think you can prevent bad things from happening through prayer. All right, that last line is what I find interesting, and I would like your reactions to this. Now, he's been through a lot, Penna, and I, uh, you know... We ought to be praying for this man and his family because they have been through a lot. The death of a son, his wife has cancer. But this last line, I don't think you can prevent bad things from happening through prayer. And I'd like to ask you that question out there. Do you really believe that you can prevent some bad things from happening through prayer? Give us a call at 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. Let's move on to Barack Obama. And uh, here's what he said on ABC's This Week about prayer and its power. Through prayer, uh, not only can we strengthen ourselves in adversity, 
but we can also find the empathy and the compassion and the will uh, to deal with the problems that we do control. All right, so he's saying basically through prayer we get strength and um, it helps us, not really that uh, we can control anything or change things. Let's move on to Senator Joe Biden. What does he say about prayer changing things? All the prayer in the world will not stop a hurricane. The prayer will give you the courage to be able to respond to the devastation that's caused in your life and with others to deal with the devastation. All right. So he said all the prayer in the world cannot stop a hurricane. What do you think about that, Penna? Well, some people think it can. I remember when Pat Robertson said that he stopped the hurricane uh, that was going toward Virginia Beach. I happened to live there back then, and it went up to New York and got those folks instead, or New Jersey shores. Uh, but, you know, in a sense, I, I do think that if God wills it to stop a hurricane and we pray for it, it's our prayer. You know, he, he causes us to pray and cooperate with him. On these things, but our prayer is part of God's plan and part of God's will. But you know, going back to these other folks like John Edwards, I mean, I empathize with what he's gone through, and in a sense, um, you know, bad things do happen in all of our lives, and God's power is there through prayer to bring us through them. Doesn't mean that sometimes He won't stop the catastrophe from happening, but if it does happen. I take so much comfort in the fact that he will be with us, and I can pray and appropriate that power. All right. So we would probably agree with the statements that, uh, you know, prayer changes us. In prayer, we find strength. In prayer, uh, we have these resources uh, to draw upon. But what about these comments that you can't prevent bad things from happening by prayer or that all of the prayer in the world can't change a hurricane? We've got hurricanes heading our way right now. We've got callers on the line. Jennifer from Carrollton, what do you think about the power of prayer? I absolutely believe that prayer works. I know it from my own life and different situations, but I also believe that it doesn't just work for anybody. I'm not saying you have to be good enough. But I am saying you have to follow the principles in the Bible. You must um, read the Bible, first of all, and live your life and according to, to doing everything you can to please God and bring Him glory in everything you do. And to when you have a situation and a problem, look it up in Scripture and stand on it. Don't stand on the circumstance or the situation, but stand on the Word of God. Stand Thank on you, the Jennifer. Says. We're out of time for this segment. When we come back, we're going to pick this up. Do you believe that prayer can really change things? Miracles in response to prayer. The number is 800-881-9270. Jody and Lisa are holding on the line. We'll hear from them when we come right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today to register for the fall term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with his word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today to register for the fall term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. 
That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. I would not want to try and second-guess the, uh, the Lord's intentions here and to assume that part of his great plan includes uh, some of these actions we see here for a variety of different reasons here. And the power of prayer, I think, is important to all of us. I hope it is, recognizing that we don't do anything without his approval. All right, that's Senator Christopher Dodd, and he's responding to a question on this week. There was on ABC a debate Sunday morning while most of you are at church, a debate among the Democrat candidates, the hopefuls for president, and the question was about the role of faith and religion in prayer when it comes to war, but also natural disasters like hurricanes and um, earthquakes, bridges collapsing. And they were all trying to struggle through the problem of evil, the power of prayer. And really a couple of the candidates saying that you can't prevent bad things through prayer. That was Edwards. And uh, Biden clearly saying it doesn't matter how much you pray, you can't change a hurricane. We've got callers on the line. Jody from Fort Worth, thank you for holding. Jody, what's your view? Well, I, I tend to agree with, with Jonathan Edwards there a little bit. Uh, I don't think you can necessarily prevent bad things from happening. In, in a Christian life, prayer is your relationship with God. And part of that relationship is a surrender. You to God. You guys still there? We're still here, but you're breaking so, up. Sorry about that. Uh, in your Christian life, you have to come to God, and you have to uh, surrender completely not only in the things that you ask him for, but in the answers that you get. Let me ask you this question, Jody. Let me ask, ask this question of you. Over in the book of James, we're told that we could pray like Elijah. He's a man like us. He prayed that it would rain and that it would not rain, and both times he got what he prayed. What do you think of that? Oh, it's absolutely possible, as long as it's according to the will of God, as long as the glory goes to God. Sure. A lot of th- a lot of bad things that happen in our lives are, are meant to strengthen our relationship with God, meant to draw us closer to Him. Mm. So there, you know, we can't say you know we should have no bad in our life because without adversity, we wouldn't understand or appreciate the value of, of good. Thank you, Jody. We'll move on to the next caller. We've got Lisa on the line from Dallas. Do you believe, Lisa, that prayer could change a hurricane or an earthquake? That prayer could keep something bad from happening that it was about to happen. Yes, I definitely do believe that it does. Prayer to the Almighty God definitely works. We as Americans have to read our Bible, and we have to vote for the candidate that is going to believe in God and that prayer changes things. Well, that's interesting that you say that, because, you know, we go back to our first president. One of the most famous pictures you'll see is George Washington on his knees praying, at Valley Forge. Uh, some historians say that you could see Washington regularly praying on his knees. It's a very interesting insight. We know that the president says that he reads his Bible every morning and prays. And, you know, is he is he just praying that God will uh, help him feel better and have peace through everything? Or is he actually praying 
that God will change things and give us the victory in Iraq and uh, protect our country from the terrorists. It'd be very interesting to know what President Bush prays and uh, what you are praying out there as well. Well, you know, it's a good thing to pray for, I think, your personal strength going through things, especially when you're the leader of the free world. And in some senses, I think President Bush has had his prayers answered because uh, the presidency is really hard on the leader, especially in times like these. And he's weathered it fairly well. And from what I understand, he's got a really good kind of sense of humor when he's with people, even though he's going through these heavy issues. That I just don't think that could be without uh, the strength that God would provide through prayer. Okay, we've got Bob on the line from Terrell. Bob, what's your view? I feel that uh, through prayer you can uh, accomplish all kinds of adversities and uh, God through Christ uh, is our mediator and uh, we can uh, accomplish anything through prayer. And uh, Well, thank you, Bob. I believe that too. I believe that uh, Jesus said you can move mountains through prayer. Now, that either means that you can, or it doesn't mean much of anything. But it's it's God moving the mountains. It is God moving the mountains. But uh, I don't see how you can read the Bible. And folks, I want you to react to this. I don't see how you can read and believe the Bible without believing that prayer actually can change what might happen in the future. That is, something bad going to happen, about to happen, expected to happen, but through prayer, there's an escape. There's a way out. There's a divine deliverance. Now, here's Senator Gravel from Alaska. Listen to him. Many people who pray are the ones who want to go to war, who want to kill fellow human beings. That disturbs me. I think what we need is more love. Well, who's he talking about, the Muslim terrorist? I don't think so. I think he's talking about you out there, conservative evangelical Christians. He's talking about the fact that many conservative evangelical Christians have supported our military, supported a Congress authorizing the action in Iraq, supporting the president, supporting our troops, and just essentially saying, because we're the ones who pray, we're the ones who want to go to war and want to kill people. I wonder if he prays. I don't know. We've got Blaine on the line from Royce City. Blaine, thank you for calling. What's your view? Well, it's pretty simple for me. Moses prayed, and he changed God's mind. David prayed, and a plague stopped. Those sound like pretty bad things to me. Mm. That's it. Well, we know that Moses prayed, and things happened. Supernatural things happened. And we might explore that idea of changing God's mind. That's an interesting statement. I've heard other people say it. And uh, how do we read those passages in the Old Testament? Let's see if we can get to that. We've got Connie on the line from Terrell. Connie, thank you for calling. What's your view? Well, this may be kind of simplistic, too, but I think sometimes because we don't get the answer that we want, that that we're following our will, that we're not following God's will, that just because it didn't come out the way we wanted as the answer, that we think the prayer wasn't answered. But that's not necessarily true. I mean, a lot of times some things that we pray for aren't necessarily healthy or the things that would, you know, promote God's will. And, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes if it's no or maybe, it's you think it didn't get answered. Hey, thanks, Connie. You know, I think of John Edwards and his wife has cancer. It's very interesting. You look in the New Testament over um, in the book of James, we're told that uh, we should pray for the sick and anoint them with oil and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails. And uh, so we are to pray for healing 
and to look for healing, for miracles. But wait a minute. Paul prayed about some physical condition. We don't know what it was, a thorn in the flesh. He prayed three times. He had plenty of faith. He was full of faith. But for some reason, God says, no, my grace is sufficient. You're going to live with this thorn in the flesh. And so we've all probably experienced a little bit of both. But I I really am interested that some of these candidates, uh, actually, I don't think would believe what James says at all. And that is, they seem to think that prayer cannot change reality, that prayer is not the way to get God to intervene and to do a miracle. We've got Shannon on the line. Shannon, thank you for calling. What's your view? Well, I think that a lot of times people don't give God enough credit. Um, I I just recently lost my mom to cancer, and I have a good friend going through cancer, and I have to keep reminding myself not to just pray for peace for myself and peace for their family, but actually to heal her. Um, because I find myself not giving God enough credit that, you know, He can't actually do that. He can just make me feel better about it, but He can. Um, if He chooses to, He could kick, take the cancer away. And so um, I think it's important for us when we pray not to just pray for, um, you know, change in our attitude, but also to pray that, that they take the, the um, sickness away from the person, that they actually heal them. I think that He is totally capable of that. And I think it's our own brain not being able to wrap around the fact that God can do whatever He Sometimes our um, prayers aren't big enough. Something. Exactly, exactly. And I think sometimes we don't think that God can do what we ask Him to do and give Him enough credit um, that He's big enough to handle anything. Um, you know, I think He can do it. Thank you, Shannon, for that call. You know, so it's not either or maybe, but it's both. That is, and praying, yes, God we feel him, we sense him, and we feel better. Well, all of these candidates seem to agree on that, except Gravel. But, <laughs> but also, he can heal. He can save. He can do miracles. And many times he's pleased to do that as a consequence of our prayer. Ray on the line from Dallas. Ray, thank you for calling. What's your view? Well, I think we have to be careful making the statement that if we pray, we can stop a hurricane because... Look at the hurricanes that have destroyed lives and property, and so someone out there is going, "Well, why hasn't what? What is your prayer? Who didn't pray?" Right. So, well, I think that uh, applies to anything, Ray. Not just a hurricane, but being healed of cancer. I mean, which is more difficult for the Lord: healing a cancer or stopping a hurricane? Well, I think they're equally um, something that uh, both of them, God could change, God can change, and probably God has. So the real issue is. Uh, knowing the will of God and and presuming, I guess, to know His will. Is that right? Yes, and being willing to accept His will. Mm. As Paul was. Paul says, I'm going to accept this thorn in the flesh because when I'm weak, He is strong. Your grace is sufficient for me. You know, going back to the war, what about all the military parents praying for their sons who are serving uh, to be protected, and yet some of them will actually lose their children? So, you know, the prayer has to be a powerful prayer, but also a prayer that trusts God for the outcome. Jan is on the line from Eulish. Jan, we only have about 30 seconds. What's your view? Okay, I'm sorry. I think we, we forget we put God in a box, and we should never do that. But I also believe that we should always pray for His will in our lives. I think a lot of times people are just so um, dead set that they want something their way, and they don't realize God, His thoughts are not our thoughts. Hey, thanks, Jan. Thank you so much for that insight. Folks, when we come back, we'll keep this conversation going. We're going to talk with an expert on presidential candidate Barack Obama. We're going to talk about his prayer life. 
what he believes about marriage in the Bible. He smokes. Did you know he's a smoker? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his policies, his politics. We're going to continue this theme of prayer throughout the show. You'll have a chance to call later on. And we haven't heard from Dennis Kucinich. And what about the New Mexico governor, Richardson? What does he say about prayer? All of that and more. It's Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We'll be right back. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. What all of us need to do over the next 16, 18 months is focus on putting pressure on Republicans to stop giving George Bush a blank check. Uh, Because if we have to wait for 16, 18 months, that's going to make the situation that much worse. All right, that's Senator Barack Obama. He's running for president of the United States. That's from ABC's This Week. He says it's getting much worse. But actually, Senator Levin came back today and said, well, things are getting better. The surge seems to be working. But who is Senator Barack Obama? What do we need to know about him? We've got an expert coming up, Pena. Well, here's what Barack Obama said in the debate yesterday. He said, if you're tired of the backbiting and the scorekeeping and the special interest-driven politics of Washington, if you want somebody who can bring the country together around a common purpose and rally around a common destiny, then I'm your guy, sort of uh, jumping off of Hillary's. Warren Buffett. I'm your girl. Obama's the man. Okay, we've got an author today. He's actually an investigative journalist, David Mandel, and uh, he has worked for the Chicago Tribune for years. He has covered Barack Obama's rise, and now he's written a book about him, Obama, From Promise to Power. Mr. Mandel, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. What is behind this, uh, what some people say is sort of a meteoric rise of this young candidate? Well, I think you've got a couple of contributing factors here. I think you have uh, Democrats who were out of power for a long time and were deeply disillusioned, looking for some sort of inspirational leader. And I think he arrived right at the right moment for that three years ago when he gave his speech to the Democratic National Convention. So that really uh, propelled him into the national psyche. And then after that, the media just kind of took hold of him. He has this unique biography, this unique history of of uh, a biracial man in, in America. So those two things put together, I think, really drove his celebrity and put him in a position to, to run for president. Well, he's one who has resonated with the media, and he has a likable persona in contrast to uh, Hillary Clinton. But, he's a uh, bit warmer, yeah. Yeah, he's a bit warmer, so people like him. <laughs> but just lately, we've heard him say a few things that make uh, many folks think that he is naive with regard to foreign policy. Is he making some mistakes here? Is he hurting himself? I think he yeah, he hasn't been as precise as he would like to be uh, when it comes to his foreign policy statements in the last few weeks, I think he's trying to position himself. You know, he was the anti-war guy a few years ago, the anti-Iraq war guy. So he's trying to show the American public that he isn't really a dove. He's trying to position himself somewhere between a dove and a hawk. And in well, doing, which is it? He's somewhere. He is somewhere in the middle. Um, he he's not a pacifist by any stretch of the imagination. He believes in military intervention. Uh, at uh, obviously at it, it, some moments he believes in going after Osama bin Laden, but uh, he also did not think that this that this engagement in Iraq was the right thing to do at at that time. So he is somewhere in the middle, like you know, like like a lot of us, uh, I think. 
You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to David Mendel. He's written the book, Obama, From Promise to Power. Mr. Mendel, um, tell us about the folks that are supporting him. You've got the Oprah factor. You've got the Buffett factor. Warren Buffett has come out and said, this is the guy who could bring us together. This is the guy who could change politics. I saw that George Clooney's not even leaving the country because he doesn't want to... Um, hurt Obama if he gets over there and starts saying things like uh, Clooney's prone to say in other countries. He says, I'm going to stay here and campaign for Obama. <laughs> who else? What are, who are the big names? We're in a celebrity culture. Who is backing well, Obama? Well, he really, I mean, he's a nice-looking guy on television, so Hollywood just yes. really went for him. Uh, Deep you know, voice. That, that, that kind of surprised me. He went out there, and they just really took to him out there in L.A. when he hit some fundraisers out there. He was close to a congressman here in Illinois, Rahm Emanuel, who has some connections in, in Hollywood. His brother's a big-time agent out there, and that, that helped him get into that crowd. I mean, his, his, his money is coming from just about everywhere. He's got uh, a, a lot of liberal, top liberal benefactors. You know, Warren Buffett is a big fan of his. When he got, when he got Oprah on board, uh, that, uh, there's a Chicago connection there. He's here in Chicago, and, and so is she, and he's known her for, for a few years. So those couple, you know, uh, he's also got a lot of money from, from, uh, from Wall Street. I mean, he went through... He, uh, he went through Washington and, and hit a lot of big Democratic, uh, big Democratic donors. So uh, his his money he's, his his money is coming from a lot of different places, hey, and his support is too. Let's talk about uh, the man and who he is. And you know, I remember hearing early on in the campaign that he was going to make a resolution to quit smoking. How's that going? Do you know? I think he uh, smokes know, in secret, in private. And uh, you know, Bill Clinton used to smoke a cigar now and again. Schwarzenegger smokes cigars, but right. I think Obama. We we never see that publicly. Is he going to quit? Uh, well, he he says he has. He says he's he's chewing a lot of gum. I know on the campaign trail. <laughs> so perhaps so, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I detail that in the book. I mean, uh, when I was running around on the campaign trail, we'd always have to make these stops uh, at, uh, you know, at rest areas in the middle of Illinois when I covered him at, in, in the Senate race here three years ago. We'd, we'd make these stops, and I thought, gee, this guy really has, he has a weak bladder, but it turns out he's, he was going in and, and uh, uh, you know, get sneaking cigarettes in there. And it, I wasn't for a while till I discovered that. He really, it's a habit that he really... He, he doesn't want people to see. He, he thinks it's a bad habit, and he's tried to conceal that uh, from, from the public and, and largely has been pretty good at uh, con, uh, that concealing. Our guest is David Mendel. His book is Obama from Promise to Power. Yesterday there was a debate in Iowa. It was aired on ABC's This Week. And uh, there was one subject that was brought up to all the candidates having to do with uh, Prayer. What does prayer do? Here's what Barack Obama said. Through prayer, not only can we strengthen ourselves in adversity, but we can also find the empathy and the compassion and the will to deal with the problems that we do control. That's what Obama said about prayer. David, what, uh, can, what can you tell us about Barack Obama's faith? How important is it to him and how does it inform what he does? I think it's exceedingly important, extremely important in his life. He carries around a, a Bible on the campaign trail. He sticks it in the door of the the SUV. He's he's always had it there. He doesn't really he hasn't really worn it on his sleeve until he wrote his book Audacity of Hope and put a chapter in there about his Christianity and how he came to Christianity. Um, so it, it's and, and he really believes that the 
that that faith informs uh, who he is, and he, he believes in, in compassion for people who are less privileged, and he, he wants government to operate in that mode. He thinks that if we all uh, uh, adhere to the Christian faith a little bit more in, our, in how we looked at one another, uh, that uh, the world would be a better place. Hey, David, you know, uh, they had the MTV presidential debate, which was uh, uh, sort of the gay homosexual debate uh, a week or two ago. And here's another soundbite from Obama there. There are some folks who, coming out of the church, uh, have you know, elevated one line in Romans uh, above the Sermon in the Mount. Let me ask you about this, David, because a lot of candidates get in trouble here. Um, evangelical Christians know that it's, it's not a sentence in Romans. It's a whole section of Romans. It's actually a paragraph. We've got Genesis. We've got Leviticus. We've got uh, the Corinthian letter. And so really there seems to be an Old and New Testament continuity uh, about human sexuality, male and female, and marriage. And do you feel like Obama here is treading in um, unfamiliar territory, and he's he's actually in danger of of causing a kind of a backlash? Well, I suppose that's possible in the Christian world. He he certainly could cause a, a huge conversation there. He's he's very tolerant of of uh, of people's sexual behavior. He's not uh, he he's not someone who believes that he should dictate uh, how people behave. Uh, sexually, as long as it's you know legal and, and it's not hurting someone else, so uh, it, it certainly could could cause a major con- uh, conversation. I'm not, I don't know about a backlash among in, in the Democratic primary. Right. Certainly, if he would get through the primary and it w- he would be the general election candidate, he makes statements like that. It could uh, sure it, it could it could come back uh, against him in some of these. Last question: mm-hmm. What will it take for Obama to beat Hillary? That's an excellent question. He has to perform extremely well in those first couple of states, and in Iowa and New Hampshire, he uh, uh, he's he's running even uh, in the polls with her there. So he's got a shot. Uh, he pulls off one of the, a victory in one of those states, or finishes strong, a very strong second in a couple of those states. You know, down by five percentage points or so, and, and heads into some states with demographics in his favor, with more blacks and 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 liberals. Uh, he may. Uh, he may be able to 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 get this thing. Uh, he he may turn the momentum his way. And uh, could we see a Hillary Obama ticket if he doesn't pull it off? I think that's doubtful. I think their <laughs> constituencies are too much alike. I also think they're not getting along well enough on the campaign <laughs> trail for that to, for them to become a married couple out there. So, David Mendel's written the book Obama: From Promise to Power. Thank you for being with us, David. It was great to be here. All right, folks. Barack Obama puts the Bible in the door of the car, and hmm. talks about prayer on Sunday on ABC's This Week, but actually says some of those people coming out of the church want to cite something from Romans, a verse from Romans, and forget the Sermon on the Mount. But actually, nothing in Romans contradicts the Sermon on the Mount, and it's not just Romans. Again, it's Genesis. It's Leviticus. It's Corinthians. It's Romans. It's Revelation. It's all over the Bible. And um, so I think Obama there, um, speaking when he really doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to Scripture, he wants to be religious, wants to appeal to the religious audience. I think all these candidates do. 
But uh, what do we make of it when they say they believe in prayer, but actually prayer can't protect us from a hurricane, prayer can't um, bring a cure to a disease? Uh, It really just changes us, makes us feel good. When we come back, we'll hear what Dennis Kucinich has to say about prayer and Governor Richardson, and we'll try to work this out. Can we change God's mind? If God is good and all-knowing and all-powerful, how do we explain hurricanes and earthquakes and What's the role of prayer there? It's Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We take your calls when we come back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today to register for the fall term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with his word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today to register for the fall term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. When we think of the scriptures, Isaiah, making justice, the measuring line, Matthew 25, whatever you do for the least of our brethren, where where the biblical injunction, make peace with your brother, all of these things relate to my philosophy. That's Congressman Dennis Kucinich. He was asked on ABC's This Week program about the role of prayer, the role of the Bible, the role of religion in public life, particularly when it comes to the war in Iraq or uh, even natural disasters and hurricanes. And uh, what is the role of prayer? Can prayer really change things? Two of those candidates, two of them saying, didn't matter how much you prayed, you can't keep bad things from happening. That's what Edwards said. And Joe Biden said, all the prayer of the world can't alter the course of a hurricane. What do you think about that? 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. We've got time for maybe a couple of calls. We're going to jump right to that. But there is breaking news. Breaking news, U.S. Representative Brian Baird just returned from Iraq. He says today, he's a five-term Democrat. He was against the war. But here's what he said today. I think we're making real progress. That's what he said. And he sees a need for a longer U.S. role in Iraq. I think, he says, quote, the consequences of pulling back precipitously would be potentially catastrophic for the Iraqi people themselves. And we have a responsibility to them. And in the long run, chaotic for the region as a whole and for our own security. So here you have this five-term Democrat opposing the war. But he says, after being over there right now, we need to stay. We're making real progress. If we pull out now, it'll be a catastrophe. I think it's very interesting. Carl Levin saying pretty much mm-hmm. the same thing. We're making real progress. The surge is working. But we're talking today about these Democrats on ABC's This Week and what they had to say about prayer. Here's Governor 
Bill Richardson of New Mexico. I pray. I'm, I'm a Roman Catholic. My sense of social justice, I believe, comes from being a Roman Catholic. But in my judgment, uh, prayer is personal. Prayer is personal. Now, really, what he means by that, Penna, is I don't want to talk about this. Prayer is personal. I think everybody agrees with that. But some he also of these, might mean it's not powerful. It doesn't that's what I'm thinking. Some of these candidates were asked if prayer could change a hurricane, change an earthquake, uh, change the course of a war, and they were all trying to struggle with this. Hillary said, look, this is a mystery. Uh, Biden and Edwards basically say prayer can't change anything on the outside, but it changes our hearts. We feel better. Christopher Dodd says, oh, there's a mystery. We can't know the mind of the Lord. So what do you think out there? 800-881-9270. We've got a couple of calls in right now. Chuck from Waxahachie. Chuck, thank you for calling. I just wanted to say that prayer is awesome. Uh, If you pray then God will answer. And let's just make this really simplistic. Uh, If I am on one side of the street and I'm praying for rain because I'm having uh, some type of a church function, on the other side of the street I'm a farmer and uh, I need the rain for my crops. One side doesn't want it, one side does want rain, and God decides to uh, rain on the crops. God has answered prayer. Well, the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes down from above, down from the Father of lights. And so any good thing that happens in our life, particularly if we've prayed for it, we need to thank God. We need to give Him the credit, give Him the glory. We've got Rachel on the line from Kaufman. Rachel, what do you think? Well, I I think um, when we look at uh, Joshua, how he prayed for the sun to stand still. Yeah. And uh, the interesting thing about that is, is, is when his hand went down, when his, when his hand wasn't up, uh, they lost the battle, began to, to lose uh, concerning Israel. And then when they raised his hand back up, they would win the battle. And he's praying all the time. So uh, it's, it's prayer does work. Otherwise, God wouldn't tell us man should always pray and not to faint. Uh, it works. Well, it's very difficult to read the Old Testament without seeing that God responds with miracles oftentimes to prayer. Hezekiah told he's going to die. He prays that he won't die. God says, all right, you got a few more years. You get an extension as a result, essentially, of that prayer. We've got Mark on the line from Dallas. Mark, are you there? Mark, are you there? Dr. Johnson, you know, this question was asked of these candidates yesterday, and it makes me want to ask the question, and perhaps I could just ask it to you, and that is, why is it important what our leaders think about prayer and whether or not they pray? Why is that important to us as Americans? Well, I think we want to know if someone's use of God, the word God, is really meaningful or not. You know, this show is about the Christian worldview, and there are a lot of people who have a generic view of God, a generic view of prayer, a generic view of religion. And their view is simply this, that religion is a human construct. Um, it is uh, an opiate. Uh, it's one of the famous atheists put it. Uh, it's an illusion, as Freud put it. And that is that we need the God crutch. We need uh, prayer 
to think about ourselves, to feel better, and to and I really think some of these canons are lapsing into that kind of discussion about prayer, and they're essentially and by the way, it, it has consequences when it comes to marriage, so that Obama and others will say, look, uh, when the Bible specs, speaks about marriage and sexuality, it doesn't really mean what it says. We just like the love passages, as Kucinich says, or as Gravel says, you know, we need more love, and so they're really not talking about the one true and living God of the Bible who hears and answers prayer. And I want us to recap right now, uh, really, what is essential in terms of the Christian worldview on this question. And uh, let's try to talk about it for a minute. Here we go. God is omnipotent. He can do anything He wants to do, and He always does. He's omniscient. He knows everything. God knows everything. And we know that God is love. God is also relational, and He invites us to pray, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That's what the Apostle Paul writes. And then, of course, the Apostle James puts it this way, the effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much He says the prayer of faith will save the sick, not just make them feel good, but save them. And he goes on to give us an example. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It did not rain for the space of three years and six months. He prayed again that the heaven would give rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So Elijah changed the weather through his prayer. That is, God changed the weather through as a response to Elijah's prayer. And that is meant to be an encouragement and an example to us. And if we really understand God's providence and sovereignty, we know that God knows the end from the beginning. He's not surprised in terms of changing his mind. He knows the end. But he ordains not only the ends, but the means. That's true in evangelism. He saves, but he ordains the means. That's our witness. And in prayer, he ordains the miracle. He also ordains you're praying for that miracle. Alan Dershowitz on Wednesday. Don't miss it. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.